Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. gifts through which we can praise him, worship him, and we certainly thank him for the wonderful gift of music and the gift of this ginger. Amen. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew as we continue our study there. Matthew chapter 13. chapter 13 and beginning at verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragon that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore. And they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separating the wicked from among the just cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. 
Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes, Lord. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of life. We thank you for the beautiful gift of music that you've given to us. We thank you for the choir, Miss Jimmy, for the beautiful hymns, for those that you gifted with the ability to write music and lyrics that honor and praise you and that enable your children to worship you and to sing from the heart and to lift up praise. For you are worthy of all of our praise. Now as we study your word, we pray that you would speak to our hearts. Help us to understand. Illuminate our understanding by your Holy Spirit. For the honor to the glory of the Lord Jesus. And we pray, giving thanks. Amen. Amen. So this uh, this parable here, I, I I view it as a uh, as a summary, if you will, or conclusion. We've looked at seven parables of of the kingdom, and this one basically concludes this particular uh, section. But it's also called the parable of the dragnet. But some scholars also call it the parable of warning. The parable of warning. Now a dragnet was used by uh, the people in Jesus' time. It was a net that uh, on one side was weighted with, with weights. It was a large net. And generally two boats would then uh, spread this net out between the two boats and they would drop it into the sea and it could go all the way down, uh, reach down to the, uh, to the, the sea floor, and then the two boats would make their way to shore and they would drag this net, so it's called hence a drag net. And as they, as they drug the net along, it would, uh, it would capture fish. And so as we read here, as they, as they dragged this net, it became full with, with fish. And so Jesus, uh, he, gives this, this, um, this parable and says the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast. Now, he's speaking in metaphorical language or symbolic language and the net is the gospel. The net is the gospel, the proclamation of the gospel. God sends the gospel, the gospel of his love and of his grace, of mercy and forgiveness to the entire world or the sea of humanity. Oftentimes in the scripture, the sea represents humanity. And then oftentimes it's used specifically to refer to the Gentile nations, those beyond the shores of, of Israel. And you'll recall that the Lord Jesus said that they were to, that is the disciples, when they went out to minister and to proclaim they were to first start within Israel, in their hometown, Jerusalem, then Judea, 
then to Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the world, all four corners of the world, the sea of humanity. Now, Jesus, Jesus uses the experience of some of the apostles because we know that James, John, uh, Peter, and Andrew, and perhaps a few others were fishermen. This was their enterprise. So they, they understood this as he used this, this uh, picture, if you will, painting a picture with, with words. And Jesus, of course, is a master of painting pictures with, with words. This net that is, that is drawn, that's let out and then, and then drawn in, notice it, it gathers some of it every time. It gathers some of every time. Different races. Now we all belong to the human race, but we are made up of various ethnicities or ethnic groups. But this, this net captures all of these different kinds of fish. And the different varieties of fish represent the various ethnic groups that make up the human race. All captured, and the net is sent forth because God is the God of all people, all cultures, but also social classes. Because there are differing social classes of people, people from differing backgrounds. And what about differing denominations? There is no one perfect denomination. Okay? <laughs> Let's be clear about that. There are some people who think their denomination is the perfect one. Just like some people think that their church is the perfect one. Well, guess what? There is no perfect denomination and there is no perfect church. And as someone has said, if you find a perfect church, don't join it. Because if you join it, you're going to ruin it. <laughs> there is only one perfect one. And that is the Lord himself. Amen. Amen. And notice that they gathered some of every kind, saved and lost. You say, what? Do you know that there are lost people in the church? Do you know that there are people who, who come forward professing that they believe in Christ? They even follow him in, in baptism, and yet they really do not know the Lord as their Savior. There are many people who have, who have joined churches and and church membership does not guarantee that the person is a Christian. Because it's not, it's not coming forward that makes a person a Christian. One must accept Christ as their Savior in the heart. And God the Holy Spirit comes into that person's life. And he, he transforms that person's life. In some cases, boom, right there on the spot like the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Others over the course of time. God works 
in a person's life. But notice that the net, it gathers of every kind. Of every type. They gathered the good, but they threw the bad away. There is coming, there is coming a time of separation. And you notice that the, the fishermen, they sit down at the shore. You can picture this in your mind, right? They pull that net to shore, and now they're looking at, at these fish. You know, they look at one and say, well, that's a keeper there, okay? <laughs> we can tell some stories about that. Oh, but throw that one away. Worthless. Unedible. And so, these fish represent people. Now notice, Jesus goes on to say, so it will be at the end of the age. A day of separation is See, right now, this world in which we live, in the church, and even outside of the church, you have people who are believers, and you have people who are unbelievers. And they come from all walks of life and from all different ethnic groups, from all of the different countries around the world, all the various social classes of people, rich, poor, and in between. saved and lost. But notice, the angels will come forth. Now do you notice that it was not the apostles, not the fishermen who were to decide whether or not some were to be saved. Yes, they they did the separation. Okay? You know, the fishermen left. But it's really the angels who are given that charge. The Lord says that the angels, the angels will come forth separating the wicked from the just. The wicked. The unbelievers and the believers. And this, this description is oftentimes misunderstood. Because you have people who are Christian. They genuinely know Christ as their Savior. But they still sin. They still fail. They experience challenges in their lives. But they're still Christian. They, they're still Christian. They still believe in the Lord. They're still considered a righteous person. Why? Because it is not our righteousness that takes us to heaven, but the righteousness of Christ. We are robed in the righteousness of Christ. That's what's so amazing about God's gift of grace. He's given to us what we do not deserve. Now, no one deserves to go to heaven. So let's, let's state that right here from the beginning. No one deserves to go to heaven. Which means that we all deserve to go to hell. You mention that to some folks and they'll want to fight. Right? Because they don't understand their ignorance of God's word. God's word teaches that there is none righteous, no, not one. I didn't write it. You follow that is God the Holy Spirit who inspired God's word. He said, there is none 
righteous, no, not one. So we're all deserving of hell because we are all criminals in God's universe. Make no mistake about that. But God made a provision for us to be forgiven, for us to be accepted. And that's that word just. Notice what he says. At the end of the age, the angels will come forth separating the wicked from the just. You notice that word? Very important word. Justification by grace. Justification is a legal term. It is a divine declaration made by God the Father that we have been declared righteous in the Son. That we have been declared accepted, forgiven, wholly forgiven, eternally forgiven because of the work of Jesus Christ and Him alone. There is no other way to be saved than to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, acknowledging that He died on that cross, that He shed His blood, that He was buried, and that He rose again on the third day by the power of God, by the power of the Father, by the power of the Spirit, and by the power of the Son. Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord or own authority. Jesus said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. But he also said, no one takes my life from me. I have power to lay it down and to raise it back up. Because he is God the Son. And we have been declared righteous in him, through him. That's why we go to heaven, because of him. Because of what he has done. And so, we can't know if another person is a Christian. Not really. Because we can't look into another individual's heart. We can't do it. I think it was Gary last week said something to the effect that uh, when we get to heaven, we're going to be surprised by some of the folks who are there. <laughs> and then we're going to be surprised by some of the folks who aren't there. <laughs> and then I think someone said, yeah, folks are going to be surprised that you're there. <laughs> but the promise to us, those who believe in the Lord, who have entrusted their lives to him, is that we will be with him in heaven. Now notice hell. Eternal separation is real. And Jesus describes it as unimaginable suffering. Unimaginable suffering. Just as the Bible says that, that it is impossible for us to even begin to think of all that God is able to do and, and what he has prepared for those who love him. The suffering of hell beyond anything that we can imagine. Beyond the worst suffering that there is in this world, in this life. And there, there are some terrible, terrible, terrible types of suffering that people endure in this 
this life, and yet nothing to be compared with what is going to occur in him. In this life, a person can change his or her life. You can choose today, right? In this life, you can choose. However, once this life is over, you cannot change the eternal direction you've chosen. It will be too late to repent. The beginning versus the end. Some folks, when they start out in life, you know, after they uh, finish school, go off to college or, or into a career, whatever the case might be, they, they make some poor choices. And then as a result of that, they think, well, that's it. Their life is, is finished. No, that, that's not correct. You always have time, as long as you're alive, to change, to repent. Finish well. You may have lived a life for 75 years and you've been a, a rascal. <laughs> but you're still alive and there's still time. You can turn your life over to Christ. And all of that past, that slate is wiped clean. Wiped clean. Now, humans like to point the finger, right? They like to point the bony finger at you, you know, and, and tell you just how terrible you are. And how, you know, how worthless you are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And do you remember when you did thus and so? And do you remember when you said this? And do you remember when you did that? Isn't that right? Well, God knows all about it, too. And he still says, I love you. I love you. Here in this life, we choose our way. And we also choose how we'll spend eternity. Isn't that amazing? We choose what we'll be doing in eternity in this life. And we choose the kind of, of ministry, if you will, that we'll be involved in by how we live this life. Once you come to know Christ as Savior, you have a responsibility. Now Jesus asks the question, have you understood all these things? And they said, yes, Lord, we understand. But most scholars take the position, well, they thought they understood, okay? Because as time went on, they demonstrated that, well, they understood some, but they didn't always understand everything. But understanding comes by spiritual illumination. And we've said this many times. God the Holy Spirit is the one who inspired the Word of God. God the Holy Spirit is the one who enables us to understand the Word of God. God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who enables us to accurately apply the Word of God in our lives and to share the Word of God with others. So if, you, if you're having difficulty as you study the Bible or read the Bible to understand, you need to pray. And even if you do understand, you still need to pray to ask him 
to help you and to guide you as you study his word. Now, treasure, things old or things new and old, God's word. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Old Testament has to be interpreted through the New Testament. And the New Testament is understood through the filter of the Old Testament. You see, what had happened in Jesus' day, of course, the, the scribes and the teachers of his day, they were teaching the traditions of men in place of God's holy word. And they had laid so many laws and requirements upon people that the Pharisees, the leaders themselves, they didn't keep the law. Kind of like the politicians today, right? I suppose in that in that net there's some sharks in there too, right? Right? And some eels. Oh, they'll sting you if you let them. You follow? But notice the net grew in all different kinds. Now you might find this hard to believe that there are actually politicians who are in fact Christians. There are in fact politicians who believe in the Lord Jesus. I've met some. I've had the, the wonderful privilege of, of, of meeting some of them. Visiting with them at their office in, in, in Washington, D.C. Yes, there are many of them who know the Lord as their Savior. And they seek to enact laws that are, that are in agreement with God's word, but they find an uphill battle because there are so many who are not. Treasure, God's word is a, we mentioned it before, his heavenly love letter that he, is, that he has given to the human race. It is the net, if, if you will, because it, it, you see, proclaims his love for the human race. It provides the way. And who is the way? Jesus is the way. He is. Right? He is the way to the Father. No man can come unto the Father except through Him. Every scribe, he uses that term, every scribe. The scribe was a, was a, uh, a teacher, a master of the law. And he says, must be instructed. The disciples are to be teachers. And over in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he, he's kind of scolding one group and he says, you should be teaching others and yet, you haven't gone beyond the rudimentary, the foundational principles of the faith. Every Christian is supposed to be growing in their understanding of the word and every Christian is supposed to be able to witness and to share the message of the gospel. Now you have children, and you have grandchildren, your children's children, and others. And if you haven't noticed, this world continues to move in a very troubling direction. But we know that the Bible says that it's going to wax worse and worse and worse. Is it not? It is going to wax worse and worse. And in 20 years, maybe 30 years, most of us in this room, if not all of us, will be in heaven, either through the natural course of 
physical death, and our spirit goes to be with the Lord, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Or the Lord will come before them, and we will be with him. But in the meantime, our children and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren are living in this world. And they're seeing all of this that is going on. And they're being confused. But there should, there should not be confusion in their hearts and in their minds because we, as their grandparents, should be sharing the message of the gospel, God's standard for life, God's standard for living, God's standard of right and wrong, that which is holy and that which is evil, that which is wholesome and that which is not. And we make no apology for standing up for what is right. And we make no apology for calling sin what it is. This idea that it is okay for two ladies to be married is not right. It is sin. Now, they call us, what are all the, the different names, right? Homophobe and, and the misogynist and the chauvinist and all those, all these, these racists and, and you name it. You see, it's okay for them on the other side right, to call us names. And they strike out. I mean, you know, they, they strike out violently. It's okay for them to use violence against us. But it's not okay for us to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And God's people need to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord. Because this world will wax worse and worse. But God's people are to be the shining lights within the dark sea of humanity. We are to be making a difference, or rather, God making a difference in the world through our lives. It doesn't mean that we should be obnoxious and disrespectful people. No, no. We're to be humble people. We're to be compassionate people. We're to be loving and forgiving people. We should be encouraging people. We should be accepting people. Ah, but, but we have to qualify that. Should never, ever be a question about what we believe. And the way that we live our lives is supposed to be consistent with the message that we share. The mystery of salvation in the Old Testament, Jesus was described in two two different ways. As a conquering king and as a suffering servant. He came the first time as the suffering servant. But the Jewish people were looking for a conquering king. They wanted a military and political king who would come and throw off the shackles of slavery, to throw off the oppression of the Romans, and to reestablish the glorious kingdom of Israel. That's what they were looking for. 
So when Jesus came as this humble carpenter, this humble common man who hung out with the undesirables of society, they said, certainly this is not. There is no way he could be the Messiah. And next week we'll look at how Jesus was rejected. It has been said an idea does not cease to be valuable because it is old. Let me read that again. An idea does not cease to be valuable because it is old. Truth is eternal. Real truth. And you see, we live now, and sadly, sadly, so many churches, so many churches have neglected our elders. And I've even talked with other pastors about this, and sometimes they get real upset. Now, I agree with them that we have to reach the young people, but not to the neglect of the elderly. You see, long ago, do you remember when, when your, your grandparents lived with you? Do you remember that? I remember my grandfather who came to live with us when my grandmother had passed away. I was just a little boy. And it was so fun because he would tell us all these stories. And he had lost uh, one leg, so he was in a wheelchair and he had no prosthesis. But he, he taught me how to shoot marbles. And, and he would tell us all these funny stories about when our parents were kids. And we just had a great time. It was so wonderful to hear all of these stories. He'd make us laugh. And when he passed away, we cried, we wept. And we missed him so. And sadly today, the elderly are pushed aside. But not here in Aliante. Amen. <laughs> Not here. You are valuable. You are valuable to God. And you have tremendous potential still. And God will use you to share his love and his message, his gospel, with your children and with your grandchildren and great-grandchildren and sisters and brothers who are still living and neighbors and others. So the proclamation of the gospel is the casting of the net. Missions and evangelism and witnessing. We've been given this privilege of being fishers of humanity. Jesus, when he called Peter and the others, he said, I will make you fishers of men. Amen. We are to be fishers of humanity. I heard one, one, uh, one preacher saying, uh, he said, women... Say, well, make you fishers of, of men. And he said, but that includes you too because you're women, right? <laughs> and uh, he put it this way. He said, there in, you know, in the garden, right, when, uh, when God made Eve, uh, Adam said, whoa, men. <laughs> you get that? <laughs> we've, been, we've been given the privilege of being fishers of humanity. Amen. Servant witnesses. Servant witnesses. We're not called 
to condemn. That idea of judgment. No, only God. The ministry of the angels from a divine perspective, because we can't, we can't do it. We're to share the message. We've been given the treasure of God's word, and we're to read it, to study it, to obey it, to love it, to preach it, to teach it, and to share it. Amen? To live it, yes, indeed. And then there is a day of separation coming. Heaven and hell. Judgment. That day is real. That day is real. Now we all live here upon this earth, excuse me, saved and lost, believers and unbelievers. We all live here. God has given us this earth upon which to live. But there is a day coming when separation will occur. And sadly, there are going to be people in our own families because they refuse to acknowledge God. They refuse to accept Him. They refuse to accept Jesus as their Savior. They're going to be separated from us. There are those who have already passed on, and we don't know whether or not they truly believe in the Lord. I know this, that somehow, in His divine and miraculous way, God will enable each one of us who know Him as Savior, even though some who are in our families who, who were lost, that somehow in heaven God is going to wipe that from our minds. And in heaven we will be so overwhelmed by the beauty and the splendor and the majesty of God and being in his presence. <coughs> Everything will be right. We will be whole. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Peter, under the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit, says, God is not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to salvation. Amen. And so you're here today. And you have many in your family, or maybe in your neighborhood, who don't know Jesus as Savior. Well, we're putting together a small group. And that small group's intent is to inform, to, to train, to encourage, give opportunity to you to grow as a witness and to become an effective witness so that you can witness to your family, witness to your neighbors, and to your friends. And you're here today, maybe you've never received Jesus as your Savior. You know, some people, they go to church, but they, they say, well, it makes me feel so good. It just makes me feel so good. Well, we're glad that it makes you feel good as opposed to bad, but if you don't know that you're going to heaven, we haven't done our job. Or if you don't know that you're in danger of hell, we haven't done our job either. Amen. We're to tell the whole story. 
And so as we sing this hymn of invitation, if you do not know for sure, if you are not confident that you know the Lord as your Savior and that when you die, you will go to be with him in heaven, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior. And so we're going to stand and we're going to sing, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And don't wait, don't wait. You come to him as we sing. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.